Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons Podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. A couple of topics that I like to preach on every Sunday, or every Sunday, every year, are this topic here, love and, and marriages. And so we're, we're going to t- touch on that. Secondly, the other topic is, is uh, giving of your finances. And those are two topics that I believe that the Lord wants us to know that, that we are to be responsible in. And so I do that once a year. I don't, well, you don't ever hear us talking about our, our giving. I don't ever bring it up. Uh, I don't even bring up the offering, which is highly unusual. In most churches, you will not see that. Can I just be clear on that? I believe that it's the Holy Spirit that will speak to every one of us and show us through the Word, you are to be a faithful giver. Can I get an amen? And I believe that God honors that, and He's honored that in our church, and He's blessed us. Amen. And one of the things that we, we love to do here in this church is, is, uh, is love on each other. Amen? I, I have the uh, topic of love is in the air, and uh, it's working now. Thank you, Lord. My message was not populating on here, and that's what happens with this new technology. So, again, how many can, can relate to this month? You know, if you're married, love is in the air, it's good, but I've heard single people refer to it as this, as Single Awareness Month, or Single Awareness Day for Valentine's Day. It just reminds them that they're single, right? And that's not the purpose of, of uh, Valentine's Day. But hopefully all of us here have experienced love. And so here's what I would challenge you today. If you're married, you need to listen. If you're single, you need to listen. If you've been divorced, you need to listen. If you're married and contemplating divorce, you need to especially listen. Amen. I think I got everybody covered there. But I want to have you turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 19. We have it on the screen for you. Matthew, chapter 19 starting in verse 4, and listen to the words of Jesus here. Matthew chapter 19, starting in verse 4. It says the following, Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Let me just pray right now at this moment. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. Lord, the Bible is the ultimate authority. The Bible is the ultimate word or our manual for life. And Lord, our, our lives can be very challenging at times. And it, And that's when we especially need to look at what your word says. And so today, I pray, Father, that you would open our hearts, open our ears to understand what it is that you're trying to convey to us from your word. And I pray that blessing today upon every listener. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me just start off by saying that marriage is a covenant union, a covenant union designed by God so that both partners fully live out their divine purpose in being. 
Everybody say covenant with me. Covenant. And it's a term that you won't hear outside of the church house in marriages when it comes to a marriage. In the church house, you're going to hear this word. It's a covenant. Covenant is a binding agreement between two parties. It can be in business, but in this case, we're talking about marriages. Anna and I will celebrate 28 years of marriage on July 30th of this year. 28 years, amen. Anybody here married longer than 10 years? Raise your hand. Okay, how about 20 years? Okay, those same hands. 30 years. Whoa, same hands are still up. 40 years? I know they come down now. And they keep coming down. Why? Because marriages above 30, 40 years are uncommon. Last week, if you were here, I pointed out that my parents will celebrate 64 years of wedded bliss on July 27th. 64 years. That's longer than lots of people live. And uh, they would tell you, they'd be the first ones to tell you, it hasn't always been easy. It takes work. And so I want to look at some of that today and uh, what, what specifically covenant is. Now, having said what I said about marriages and some of you raising your hand 30 years plus, what that tells me, and with my parents' marriage of 64 years, mine of 28, and some of you I know that have been married for many years already, what that tells me is that it's possible to stay married for a very long time. Contrary to what the world would tell you, with a 50% divorce rate, but can I tell you this, sadly, in the church house, the divorce rate is just the same. It's the same as the world. And so I want to focus on the fact that marriage can last, but it takes work. It takes work. Say, the, say that with me. It takes work. And anybody that's been married knows that. And don't get me wrong. I know divorces happen. I know we're all affected by divorce at some point or another whether it's us, whether it's through our family members, we're all affected by it. I get it. I'm not trying to say that doesn't happen. But here's the thing. It doesn't have to happen. Amen? Let me start off by saying this. For too many people, the subject of marriage is like a three-ring circus. First, there's the engagement ring. Then there's the wedding ring. Then comes the suffering and a lot of people look at it that way. But humor aside, I believe with all my heart that if you learn some basic foundational principles and are a believer in the Word of God, you pray consistently, you attend church, you give of your time, talents, and treasures, God will bless that union. It won't always be easy, but God will bless that union. Why? Because love is in the air. Everywhere I look around, Love is in the air. Marriage is a covenant. Amen? And I'm going to explain what that means in a few moments, but it's a serious matter to be in covenant with someone. I want you to really grasp that today. It's a serious matter to be in covenant. It's not just, well, yeah, that sounds good. Let's get married. You don't enter a decision like that lightly. It should be the most important decision you will ever make. More important than having kids, more important than buying a house, more important than buying a car. Marriage should be at the top of that list, amen? But unfortunately, unfortunately, 
what we see in our modern-day marriages is that they don't take the word covenant seriously or the marriage covenant seriously. Let me just share a humorous story with you. There was a, a guy who went to the Super Bowl, and the stadium was packed, but the seat next to him remained empty. And so the gentleman behind him tapped him on the shoulder and said, Hey, what about that empty seat? And the man answered, Oh, that seat was for my wife. She would have been here, but she died. And the other man offered his condolences and asked him if he didn't have a friend that he could have asked to come with him rather than let the seat remain empty. And the man replied, Oh, I do. But all my friends said they wanted to go to the funeral instead. Now, I just say that. It's a humorous story because that man didn't take his marriage seriously. That, that was a joke of a marriage. Honor and respect. Let me hear you say that. Honor and respect. Two of the most valuable things that you should have in your marriage. When you lose honor... And when you lose respect, you are on dangerous, dangerous ground in a marriage. Can I just tell you that right now? When there is no honor and respect between spouses, you're flirting with dangerous, dangerous ground. And the point I'm trying to make is that I believe a lot of married couples don't treat this covenant seriously. They don't honor their spouse. They don't take the time to honor or lift up their spouse. And honor and respect are two of the most important things that you can have in your marriage. I know when I've asked my parents and I've had them up here sharing, what are some of the things that you would say have, have helped you last this long in marriage? And both of them said, well, it's honoring and respecting each other. There are certain things you should never say to your spouse. Now, I'm not saying you can't think them because you will think them. I know that. You will think them. I'm just saying you should never say them because here's the thing. You can never take back a word. Words are powerful. If you ever do go there, though, immediately apologize. Immediately ask for forgiveness if you do go there. Honor and respect. You earn it, but in a flippant second, it can be tossed in the garbage can. You can lose it all. So for the next few moments, I just want to lay down some foundational principles when it comes to marriage and a happy union. The first thing I would tell you is, number one is responsibility. Everybody say that with me, responsibility. And this is an actual warning for single women, and I'll look in this direction. Single women, those that might be watching this later, this is a warning for single women. What do I mean by that? Well, when any woman considers marriage, considers a man for marriage, they need to remember that before God gave Adam his wife, God gave man a responsibility. He gave him a job. Say that with me, a J-O-B. Yes, he did. And uh, here's the thing. I, let's read the scripture first, found in Genesis chapter 2, so you don't think I'm just blowing smoke. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15. Very first part of your Bible, Genesis, says this. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. 
This is way before he ever met Eve. He, the Lord God, tasked the man, says, hey, I'm going to put you to work. You're to take care of this garden. So women, ladies, this is an example and a warning to you. If you meet a man without a J-O-B, that's not the man for you. That's not the man that God picked out for you. Amen? God wants your man to be a hardworking man. Your man should be a hardworking man. Amen? Again, the first woman in the Bible, Eve, had not been created yet, yet God gave him a responsibility before he was ever to meet Eve. I believe if that man had said, well, I don't think so. I think I'm going to kick back in the garden here and just enjoy. I, th I don't believe God would have ever given him his Eve. He wouldn't have ever blessed them, but he did. Amen? And so it's clear from this scripture and these events that took place that God wants a husband to work and be responsible. You see, a lazy and irresponsible man isn't going to change because he marries a beautiful woman. I'm going to tell you that right now. If he's lazy before you met him, he's going to be lazy after you met him. And all the ladies said, Amen. <laughs> he needs a J-O-B. But Pastor Rick, I can fix him. You don't know. I can fix him. Have, have you ever heard that? Yes, we've all heard that. I can fix him. Love will conquer all. No, it won't. It's going to be the same way. It's going to be worse after you're married. Now you're going to have twice as many problems as you had before. You can't fix them. Marriage will not fix them and make them a leader and a provider. He either has that or he doesn't. I am so thankful for my dad that he taught us a work ethic. All of my siblings, we work hard. All of them. My brother, my sister Irene, Yolanda, all hard workers, my mom included, because we were taught a strong work ethic. And I thank God for that every day of my life. God wants that same thing for his daughters, for each of you women. So single women, again, consider your choice of a spouse very carefully and follow God's standard by marrying only a man who demonstrates that he is responsible to God first because then he'll show that he's responsible to you. Can I just throw this in there too? You want to see how a real man will treat you? How does he treat his mom, right? Am I right? How does he treat his mama? If he treats his mama with respect, he'll treat you with respect. He'll love you. Amen? So again, marriage is a covenant union designed by God to bring two partners together to fully live out their divine purpose and being. That's what a marriage is all about. It's not just to make your life better. Your life doesn't get better or happier by being married. It's a covenant that, that brings two people together under God. Amen? So let me look at that covenant union. Let's look at that. That's my second point here. That's where I'm going to spend the remainder of, of our time this afternoon. The seriousness of wedding vows seems to no longer be honored. And I mean with the increase of people uh, living together. Back years ago, it used to be called shacking up together, living together, living in sin, whatever, however you want to describe it. The marriage vow seemed to be decreasing now, the percentage-wise. And the seriousness of it no longer seems to be out valid in the world any longer. They no longer value it as much. 
And again, all of us already know from personal experience or that we know somebody that a marriage has failed. 50% of all marriages fail. Over half of every promise of till death do us part gets broken. Till death do us part gets broken. And consequently, we're working on our second, our third, our fourth marriages. But that was never God's plan for us. Now, I get it. That happens. And life goes on. Can he bless your second marriage, third marriage? Yes, of course he can. And he does. But the heartache you go through, the disappointment you go through, it's not necessary. It was never part of God's plan. A covenant is a commitment which God initiates. God begins it. The marriage covenant is designed to strengthen each partner to carry out that plan of God in their lives. It's interesting that we involve God in the wedding when we have an officiant, a pastor, a reverend, who under the auspices of God Almighty performs a, a ceremony and it's beautiful and, it's, and, and there's prayers and, and so forth. But then those same people, those two people, can walk out and leave God out of their marriage for the rest of their life. Why is that? They involve God at the time of their wedding and then they say goodbye to Him after that. You can't leave God at the altar and expect to have a thriving marriage. It's just not going to happen. God must join you in your home if you are going to be bound by a covenant, by this marriage covenant. So here, this is what I know. If we don't understand the nature of this covenant agreement we made when we got married, we will never know how to protect it. See, one of the things you have to learn when you're married is how to protect that marriage covenant. You have to protect it. Nobody else can protect it. You, spouse, husband and wife, have to protect that covenant. When you understand that you have entered into a lifetime binding union, union say that with me, lifetime binding union, amen, your marriage will no longer be a statistic. Rather, it will be a satisfying relationship used by God to advance His kingdom through the both of you. The both of you can be used to advance His kingdom. In the fulfillment of the marital covenant, the two become one. The two become one. The man no longer lives for himself. The wife no longer lives for himself. But they should live for each other under God. Amen? A new unity, a new diversity, a new family is established, but remain distinct persons. From the Bible's point of view, the two become one. It's a special oneness that a marriage covenant has. Let me read to you what the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 28 through 32. Listen to these words of the Apostle Paul. So husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are parts of his body. For this reason, 
A man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. There's a lot going on here, but, but what, what Paul is describing is that, that Christ had so much love for his church that he wants to become one with the church. In the same way, a marriage should become one, these two becoming one. As the church is united to Christ, so women and man become one. See, they walk up the aisle, a couple, a pair, a diversity, but they leave in union together in oneness. Amen? And that's what a marriage covenant is also all about. So question, what, what's the bottom line in this covenant? That's what a typical man would ask. What's the bottom line? Well, the covenant relationship, the man and women enter when they say their vows, calls for total faithfulness. Total faithfulness. Say that with me. Total faithfulness. Husband and wife are to love and to be true and to cherish each other. The words you may have spoken to each other in the vows you made, however many years ago it was for each of you. Husbands and wives are to love and to be true and cherish each other exclusively. That love is not to be shared with anybody else, only for that spouse. That man is to be true to, be, to his wife and she to him. Amen? Now, don't get me wrong, you're going to be tested. Oh, you will be tested. From within our own hearts to outside influences. The devil, your enemy, my enemy, wants to stir your marriage up, and to break apart the family. That is his number one goal. You know that? It is his number one goal. From within our own deceitful hearts and from outside, these will be, or there will be urge, urges to ignore the vow that you said with your spouse. The, the world, the things that you see, you will be tempted. The, it, it was no different than then in the beginning, when Adam and Eve were tempted, you and I will be tempted by the things you see, the things you hear, but it's up to you to hold on to that marriage covenant. How do you value that marriage covenant? Do you value it with everything, every part of your being? Amen? Not only by remaining true to our word and only by a deep desire to trust God's plan can you remain faithful to the marriage covenant. The covenant involved in leaving mother and father and committing to a spouse and becoming one flesh, again, is a portrayal of Christ and the church, which is also another covenant. The bride and the groom, Jesus being the groom, we are the bride, the church, the covenant between the two. See, Christ wants us to love him so much, to be in union with him so closely that we become one. Now, marriages, you may be struggling, you may be going through a rough patch. I know the last two years have been crazy and put undue pressures on every marriage. Can I get an amen? Amen. They have. I know. You don't have to tell me. And it's not like I know anything here. I'm just saying what I know. And here's the thing. You need to focus even more. 
If you're spending all your time working and working and working and not spending time taking care of your honey, you're messing up. Men, I'm telling you right now. Women, if you're not spending enough time to, 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 to love on your honey, to love on your man, to tell them that, to tell them how you respect them as a man. A man needs to hear those words of respect that he, that he, men need to get honored for some crazy reason. It's just built in us. We need to feel that our women honor us and respect us and, and so forth. That's a big thing for men. And, and ladies, you need to do that with your men. And that will help in a successful marriage. Amen? That will help. Marriage exists ultimately to display the covenant-keeping love between Christ and His church. Between Christ and His church. That's why marriage exists. There is a special bond, a oneness with Christ and His church. And Christ wants to have that special bond between you and your spouse. And I'll say this, the order of things, how God designed it, it's first God. You give your allegiance to God. This is the umbrella right here. And then next to your spouse. And then after that is your children. And after that is your job. Amen? Anywhere where you have those in a different position than what I just uttered, you are failing, and there's going to be chaos in your life. It has to be God. It has to be your spouse. And then your children. If your children come above your spouse, there's going to be trouble in the marriage. I'll just tell you that right now. Amen. So listen, let's do it the way God designed it. God had a covenant that he designed for you and I. In closing today, husbands and wives, we're to take that loving vertical relationship we have with God Almighty and in turn, make that a horizontal relationship, loving relationship with our spouse. I would ask you today, do you honor God? Do you respect God? Of course, all of you would say, of course I do. I do that with all of my heart. Well, then do that with your spouse. Do that with your spouse. I wouldn't dare utter certain words to the Lord. Well, then don't dare to utter those words to your spouse either. Those thoughts may come into your mind, but don't ever utter them. You know, say, God, help me with my thoughts. God will help you, amen? The Lord wants to help you develop that horizontal relationship with your spouse. It takes work, man. It takes work, ladies. It takes work. And help us, Lord, to also be quick to forgive one another. That's the other thing as, as we're married for for five years, then 10 years, and then those 10 years become 15 and 20, we can, if we're not careful, we take each other for granted. And, and we're quick to say, ah, oh, she'll get over that. He'll get over that. No, don't begin to go down that road because then you lose that oneness. That oneness that you had now gets broken up and gets divided. And where there's division, it's very hard to bring that back together to what God originally wanted you to have. So be quick to forgive one another. We are to be quick to, to love one another, but help us to be quick to forgive one another. Amen? Amen. Let's stand this afternoon. Amen. And I just want to tell you, you don't want to miss these next few weeks as we continue in this series 
because uh, I want to speak to you on, on love and, and the appropriateness this month of celebrating love is in the air and, and uh, if you find yourself in a place where your, your marriage relationship isn't where it needs to be, you need to be here these next few weeks. You need to listen to these words. Amen? Lord, help us to be quick to forgive one another. Help us to be quick to show love to one another. I pray, Lord, for every marriage in here today. I pray, Father, that even though we think we may have a blessed marriage right now, I pray, God, that this year that you would just show a greater love to them. This, these couples that I'm looking at right now, the couples in my mind that I am picturing, those that aren't here with us today, and there are many, Lord, here today that are missing, but I see the couples right now. And I pray for each marriage. I pray that they would grow in a special oneness like never before, that they would cherish each other, that they would learn to forgive, they would be quick to forgive, and that they would love on one another, that they would honor, they, they would respect each other, that they would not dare cross that line that they know not to cross. And Father, for those thoughts that may be coming, thoughts maybe of giving up, questions, Lord, I pray, help them with those thoughts. Remind them that you are there to walk with them through that season, to hold their hand. Because sometimes, Lord, you're all we got is just to hold on to that hand to walk us through maybe a season of difficulty in our relationship. So I pray, Lord, that right now, that you would walk with that couple right now, that you would lead them back to what you've promised them, a happy union, a blessed union, a, a fulfilled marriage covenant. And God, I thank you. I give you praise and glory and honor today. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for blessing each of us here today with relationship with a spouse and then more importantly with you in the middle of that marriage. So, Father, I pray this blessing upon each one here. And this, this blessing is for, a, for every marriage. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.